Hey everybody, Jimmy Dunn here. The last time we met here, we were talking about how Christians so oftentimes are defeated in their Christian life, at least in their minds, they feel like they are. And we said we were going to discuss several different things about the believer's position, possessions, and person in Christ. And so today, that's what we're going to talk about in one aspect of who we are in Christ for the believer. Of course, if you've never trusted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, then none of this will make any sense. And so that's why it's so important that we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And at the end, we're going to discuss that briefly. Years ago, the Mount Morgan gold mine which is located in Australia, in the city of Queensland. It's one of the richest places in the world. And for many years, though, those original landowners, they lived, well, let's just say in deep poverty on the mountain's barren surface there. And so even though there was vast wealth that was out of sight, they didn't realize at the time that it was beneath their feet all the time. And you know what? Many Christians live in a similar fashion. Many Christians will go along in life. They struggle. They feel defeated through their spiritual lives. And it seems like it's just a labor every step of the way. And so oftentimes, Christians are unaware of the vast riches that God has promised each one of us who know him in a relationship but for whatever reason out of ignorance that is lack of knowledge or understanding uh, we don't claim them and I'm not talking about a name it and claim it and come to God and tell him he must do this or do that because he said he would in the word of God we never come to God like that nor should we but coming to God through Christ As believers, as Christians, we have a right to depend on God and His Word. You see, grace, strength, forgiveness, wisdom, direction, the power to resist temptation in times of reconciliation or protection or lighten burdens, all of these are considered, according to the Word of God, riches, and many more are yours and mine because of our relationship with Christ. It has nothing to do with what we've done, but all of what Christ has done and the promise that God gives His children. So how do we become aware of those things, those promises, and put them to practice in our life? Well, the answer is, and I know this is going to sound cliche, but again, first and foremost, we must know Christ personally. We must have a relationship. It's not enough to know about him, but we must know him personally as our Lord and Savior. So that's where the basis of all of this is, relationship. But then secondly, 
again, it's going to sound cliche, but prayerfully reading the Word of God and then paying close attention when the Word of God is preached or, or taught. Men by the name of David C. Egner suggested this. He said, whenever you read the scriptures or hear them taught, look for the truths about what Paul said in Ephesians 1.3 when he said, we have every spiritual blessing that God has given to you. And he goes on to say, so when you discover a truth or a promise that clearly applies to you, you and I have the right to say, you know what? That's for me. When God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, that is to the child of God. And we have every right to believe God, that he is the God who he said he is, and that he will never leave his children. That's his word. And he never has left us, no matter how we feel. And so as we begin to read the truths or the promises that clearly applies to the child of God, and we can't say, you know what, that's for me. The more we do that, the more we begin to tap into the riches of God that lie right beneath your feet and mine. And so today, what I want to talk about there, there will be three different sections. And today we're only going to look at um, one section. Now, as a Christian, and according to the Word of God, the Bible says three things, three truths. As a child of God, you have been accepted by Him. Not of anything that you've ever done, but by the shed blood of Jesus Christ and us calling on Him in repentance and having a relationship with Him. He says, to the child of God, you can say, I am accepted in Christ. The second thing he says is, I am secure in Christ. That's what the child of God can say according to the Word of God. And the third thing is I am significant in Christ. Now, we're not talking about a, a pride um, type of situation, but knowing that we are accepted in Christ and we are secure in Him and we have significance. In other words, God has a purpose for your life and mine that gives us hope. And so in this podcast, we're going to talk about Again, in relation to the believer, we can say we have been accepted. Now, we're going to look at 10 different verses that the Bible gives us. You know, the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible itself. And so we have to be very careful when we come to the study of God's Word that we don't proof text. And proof texting is simply taking a verse here or there, one or two, and trying to make it into what would fit into your theology or mine. We can't do that. We must take the Bible from cover to cover. And God has a sequence through progressive revelation and through testimonies of men and women that we read of in their experiences in the Word of God. And this the Word of God 
is a love letter to you and to me. And so the first thing I want to talk about this morning, as a child of God, and I want you to put your name in there, but you can take this to the bank. As a child of God, I can say, I am accepted in Christ because I am God's child. Listen, in John chapter 1, verse 12, Jesus is speaking all through his word about relationship to the Father through him. In that 12th verse of John, John writes, but to all who believed and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, he didn't say to just a few or to this group or to that group, but he said, but to all who believed, and that word believed is more than just a mental assent to a fact. You think Satan and his demons don't know who Jesus is? In fact, James tells us even the devils believe, yet they tremble. So this word believe is more than just having knowledge, but it is an experience with the risen Savior. And by believing in him, that Greek word means to place one's faith in or trust in or to rely on. So what are we relying on? We are relying on the shed blood of Jesus Christ, that he is who he says he is, that he is a son of God, that he is God, that he came to this earth that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is saying, if you were the only human being to ever walk planet Earth, Jesus would have come to die for you and raise again so that you could have eternal life with the Father. So he says, but to all who believe, that means trust in, relies on, in him, him who? Christ. And accepted him. Before you can accept Christ, you must believe. And accept means to to take at face value by faith that Jesus is who he says he is and he did what he said he would do. And because of that, John says in John 1.12, but to all who believed him and accepted him, there was a result. The result is he gave the right to become children of God. So, in essence, in Christ, your position is in him is a child of God. You can say when Satan says you're worthless, you're no good. If someone comes to you and says, you know what? Your life doesn't count for anything. God made a mistake when he made you. You know, I'll never forget back in school years ago, you know, you're going to always have these bullies. And oftentimes those who are bullies, they had their own issues. But I'll never forget, and I've forgiven since, but I'll never forget back in grade school when one guy came up to me and he said, Jenny, you are the biggest mistake God could ever have made. You're ugly. 
You have no purpose in life. You might as well go kill yourself. You're of no value. And I'm going to tell you what. Had I not received Christ as my personal Lord and Savior at the age of nine and grew up in a Christian home, had a Christian mom and dad and sister and other family members and friends and a Bible-believing church, wonderful pastor, I might have believed that individual, that I was worthless, that I was no good, I never amount to anything, but let me tell you, God immediately took that lie that Satan tried to get to me with. And I know you know what I'm talking about because some of you listening right now, you've had people tell you the same thing. Or the enemy has whispered that into your ear. You don't feel you're worth anything. Your life doesn't matter. Well, let me tell you something. It does. It matters so much that God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to take the penalty of your sin and my sin on him. That when we call on him and receive him as our Lord and Savior, we are made right with God, not by what we've done, but by what all Christ has done. So the next time Satan whispers to you, you're no good. You don't have any purpose in life. Or if somebody says to you the same thing, know that you can say this right now. I don't believe that. I reject that in the name of Jesus because I am accepted in Christ. And because of that, I am God's child. Amen. Well, the second thing that we can find that the Word of God tells us is that being accepted in Christ means as a disciple, I'm a friend of Jesus Christ. And so in John 15, 15, Jesus talking to the disciples, they were all gathered together there and and he was confiding in them and and sharing um, his love for them. And Jesus told the disciples this at this point, because he knew that after he was gone, that there would be many who would come and say that Jesus was just a false prophet, that Jesus wasn't God or God's son. And so he's encouraging them now. And he says in John 15, 15, I no longer call you slaves. Why? Because a a master doesn't confide in his slaves. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now, and I love that word now. (laughs) Jesus says now, right this moment, You are my friends since I have told you everything that the Father told me. You see, it was all about relationship, all about relationship. And so as God's child, we are accepted. Why? Number one, because we're God's child. Number two, as a disciple, you and I 
are more than just a slave. We're no longer slaves in him. But he calls us his children and he calls us his friend. Now, the third thing that I want us to look at is found in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. In Christ, as someone who's placed their trust in Jesus, you can say, I am accepted in Christ because I have been justified in Christ. Now, in Romans 5, 1, Paul wrote, he says, Therefore, since we have been made right, in God's sight by faith. Now notice those words, since we have been made right with God. That is past tense at the point of relationship when we receive him. From that point on into infinity. He says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, past tense, we have peace, present tense, future tense. He says we have peace with God. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Listen, we are accepted by Christ as a child of God because, number one, we are his child. Number two, as a disciple, we are friends of Jesus. He called you a friend. Thirdly, because we've been justified. I like how Billy Graham described justification in the life of a believer. God looks down on each individual. And as a believer, as a Christian, one who has a relationship with Christ, God looks down through the blood that was shed, through the finished work of the cross, through his son Jesus, and he sees us just as if we had never sinned. You see, Jesus took all of our sin on him, past, present, and future. Now, that does not, listen, hear me, that does not give the Christian liberty to go and do whatever he or she plans on doing just because they're a child of God because there will be consequences that's one of the reasons why people call it cheap grace well it is cheap it's cheap for you and I because we didn't do anything to obtain it but it was expensive to the one who gave it now the next thing, as a Christian and being in Christ, the Bible tells us, I am accepted because I am united with the Lord and I am one with him in spirit. I am united with the Lord and I am one with him in the spirit. Now, in 1 Corinthians six seventeen. The Bible says the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. How are you joined? Through faith in Jesus Christ, through the shed blood of Jesus. But after salvation, as soon as you and I receive Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, 
the Holy Spirit comes to take up residence inside each one of God's children. He seals us, and we'll talk about that at another time, but He seals us into that relationship with Christ. And so we're united with the Lord and we are one with Him in the Spirit because the Holy Spirit took up residence. The third person of the Trinity, not three gods, one God, three distinct persons, personalities. He took up residence inside of us. Now, as a result of our salvation, we're accepted also because we have been bought with a price and because of that, we belong to God. Now, in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 through 20, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and he says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Now, he was addressing the issues of immorality within the Corinthian church among babes in Christ, if you will. He says, don't you realize that your body, in essence, is not yours? In fact, he says, it is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. Folks, that takes place at the point of conversion. And he says, as a result of that, you do not belong to yourself. In other words, we don't belong to ourselves anymore. He says, for God bought you with a high price. What was that high price? The death of his son the death, burial, and resurrection. God has bought you with a high price, he says. And as a result, he says, so you and I must honor God with our body. And I know that can be difficult at times. We all know how temptation works. We know how the enemy throws things our way. You see, Satan though he cannot be everywhere all at once. He does have his emissaries. He has his demons, if you will, that still operate in this world. The Bible says that Satan is the God, little g, of this world right now, but there's nothing he can do without God's permission. God is still on his throne, and Satan is defeated, and he knows it. So we've been bought with a price and we belong to God because we've been accepted. Now, the next thing that we find in a relationship with Christ, we've been accepted because now you and I are members of Christ's body. Again, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, Paul says, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Listen, church buildings are simply just that. That is not the church. The church are true believers who have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So all this with COVID-19 and and people getting all bent out of shape because right now we've been asked not to have 
church services inside the church unless you have 10 or less of a gathering and then spaced out at least six feet apart or having it outside where people are in their cars and there's a podium and a and a pastor and a microphone where people can drive up and hear the message or like we're doing right now on social media listen the church is the body of Christ it's not a building and he says all of you together and he was speaking to Christians who have a relationship with Christ that's you that's me he says you me and every other Christian together make up Christ's body and each one of us is a part of it and God has gifted us in different areas so we are accepted why because we are God's child secondly we're accepted because as a disciple Christ has called us friends thirdly we've been accepted because he has justified us fourthly we are accepted because in Christ we have been united with him and are one with him in the spirit we are accepted by Christ because we have been bought with a price and belong to God we just got through seeing where Paul told us being accepted in Christ now means I am a member of Christ's body. And there are four more. We're going to look at those real briefly. The next thing in this acceptance in Christ, you and I have been chosen by God and adopted as his child. Now, in Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 8, Paul writing to the church of Ephesus, he started out in verse 3 saying, all praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ now get this this is important this is a basis of our acceptance who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ even before he made the world God loved us and chose us in Christ to do what to be holy and without fault in his eyes God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ because this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure verse 6 so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son verse 7 he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave all of our sins. And as a result, he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Isn't that good news? Listen, he's not saying here that God chose some for heaven and some for hell. But he's saying all those whom he chose in Christ, they would be holy and blameless through Christ. So, he tells us, we've been chosen by God. We've been adopted as his child. And he told us in that text that because of adoption, he says we have the same privileges as someone who has been adopted. Now, 
the next thing he says, we are accepted because we've been redeemed and forgiven of all of our sins. In first chapter of Colossians, the 13th and 14th verse, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Listen, several words there, rescued. He has rescued us. From what? The kingdom of darkness, which includes the world. He rescued us. Then the Bible says he transferred us. Transferred us where? Into the kingdom of his dear son. Who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Listen, we are accepted because we've been redeemed and forgiven of all of our sins. Now, two more. Listen to these closely. You and I have been accepted in Christ because of the work of Christ. We are now complete in Christ. Paul writing to the church at Colossae in the second chapter, verses 9 through 10 says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also, who are you? Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, you and I. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Listen, when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. He was saying, Father God, everything you call me to do, to pay for the penalty of sin, to give my life up, so that others may have a relationship with you. Your ultimate plan is complete. It is finished. Listen. You and I are accepted because we are incomplete in Christ. And finally, because of all of the work of Christ, we are accepted because we have direct access to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ. The writer of Hebrews said this in chapter four, verses 14 through 16. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered into heaven, that high priest, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly, grab hold of it. Don't let go of it. Hold tight to what we believe. And that word believe is what we know about Christ. He says, this high priest, speaking of Jesus, of ours understands our weaknesses. Isn't that great? You may think nobody understands what you're going through or your weaknesses. Well, listen, Jesus went through every trial that any of us or temptation any of us could have through the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life when he was tempted by the enemy, Satan. But because he's God, 
He was 100% God, 100% man, the God-man. He never sinned. He says this high priest, Jesus understands our weaknesses. And if Jesus does, you know God does. For he, Christ, faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Listen, he doesn't tell us come before God demanding that God do this or do that. But he says we do have as a privilege through Christ to come boldly to the throne of grace because of what Christ has done and he has given us access to the Father. Isn't that great? When the enemy comes to you and he tells you you're worthless, you'll never amount to anything, and those feelings of insecurity, inadequacy, those are all straight out of hell. And that's what Satan wants you and I, as God's children, to believe and to take up in our minds. You see, the battle's in the mind. But listen, in Christ, God has accepted you plain and simple. And he summed everything up by saying, we are complete in Christ. I pray this week that God begins to work in your heart. And many of you already know these truths, but it's always good to go back and to listen and to reassure through the Holy Spirit who we are in Christ. And once you and I begin to do that, we begin to see more victories in our life so that we see the insecurities that we have are being replaced with our security in Christ. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for loving us. And I pray if there's someone out there listening right now that the enemy is speaking in their ear. You're no good. You'll never amount to anything. You're worthless. You can never add up. You might as well just end it all. Father God, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray you break the yokes and the bondages of sin and shut the enemy up. And may each one take all these ten verses, your word, looking at them in context and seeing how accepted we are in you. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.